0: Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. Morning Shot.
1: Good morning and this is Morning Shot I'm Lin Lee. July 27 that's today marks 70 years since fighting in the Korean War came to an end An armistice was signed on this day to halt the hostilities in what many now call the Forgotten War Seven decades on relations between the two Koreas are at one of the lowest points with diplomacy stalled and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un calling for increased weapons development including that of tactical nuclear weapons. For a deeper Analysis. We're joined by Chun Imbum, former commander of ROK Special Forces and senior fellow at the Association of the United States Army. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for the invitation. No, just over the weekend, uh, in the lead up to this anniversary, South Korea reported that North Korea fired several cruise missiles into the Yellow Sea between China and the Korean Peninsula. Amid the heightened tensions, the U.S. has sent its second submarine just days after the first U.S. nuclear armed submarine made port in South Korea in four decades. It does seem that the Korean Peninsula situation is becoming more tense with the increased military presence. What's your take on this?
0: Well, although tensions are high, Mm -hmm. we've been under these circumstances for many, many decades. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's normal here, which is in itself a little bit dangerous perception. But uh, there's no immediate crisis that's developing. Now, that doesn't mean that we're in a safe place because there's no doubt that the North Koreans are developing their nuclear Mm capabilities step by step and gradually. And uh, it's going to, at some point, there will be a point where the alliance will have to make some hard decisions.
1: Mm. So based on your sources, is there evidence right now showing progress of any sort in North Korea's nuclear ammunition development? Or do we know how big of a threat they pose at the moment? Well,
0: some of my colleagues are... Uh, speculating that the North Koreans want at least 300 uh, warheads. But I think it'll be more because of the nature of the North Korean-style communism. But it's not just the numbers. Most of our listeners know of the many, many launches that have been occurring on the Korean Peninsula. So many that now we just take it for granted. But if you look a little bit closer, they have been able to demonstrate that they can shoot these missiles. It's, it's ballistic missiles, it's cruise missiles, it's big missiles, it's medium-sized missiles, it's small missiles. Mm-hmm. A, a variety of missiles in various locations all around North Korea, even underwater, even at a lake in the morning, in the evening, it, in the middle of the night. So at any point, at any time, they have the ability to launch these missiles they have a command and control to launch these missiles, so it 's not just the missile itself but the apparatus that they 've been able to establish this is this is very um, it 's not easy to do, and they 're being able to do it
1: mm. so um, can you just talk about What's going on currently in Pyongyang? A Russian delegation is there, led by Defence Minister Sergei Shogu. A Chinese delegation is there too, all to celebrate Pyong- Pyongyang's celebrations of the 70th anniversary of the end of the Korean War. Now, we know that China and Russia are both long-time allies of North Korea. How do you see this playing out in terms of you know, conflict dynamics?
0: Well, uh, first, Just for technical uh, clearness, the Korean War never ended, so the Russians and the Chinese are there to celebrate the so-called victory of the Korean War by the communist forces in 1953, so they, they have a different definition of reality. We now live in an era where the world is polarized, our society is polarized, and unfortunately, you know, we don't want to call it a new Cold War, but it sure looks like it. And so the Russians and the Chinese are there for support, but I just hope it just ends there because with the new kind of uh, cooperation that's going on, it could significantly increase uh, North Korea's military capability. Now, the Russians and the Chinese have never really had an alliance with uh, North Koreans, the DPIK, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. But contrasted to the Republic of Korea and the United States having a mutual defense treaty, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an alliance. So that's a technical difference, but they've been able to uh, use their relationship for their own national interests. Mm -hmm. North Korea does not like to be bothered by any other state, and yet they know how to manipulate their position and get the support of these two nations.
1: So, as you mentioned, the the war never really ended. The Korean Armistice Agreement was signed in 1953 to establish kind of a truce, a ceasefire, but a formal peace treaty was never concluded. How do you think this unresolved status has affected the situation on the Korean Peninsula over the decades?
0: It's a very unfortunate situation that this happened, but we must remember why this happened, because initially the armistice agreement, planned for a peace agreement within six months of the signing of the armistice. But because of the constant lying and deception by the communist side, it never happened. So we, we really need to remember why this happened. Secondly, fortunately, despite all of this, there's been a relative calm. And with that, Stability. We've been able to build a free, democratic and industrialized South Korea, which now contributes to the world. And uh, it's been a long road. It's been a hard road. But we're here and we still need to make a more travel. But uh, it's been a success so far.
1: So at this point, what do you think you know, it will take for the two Koreans to even find any sort of middle ground?
0: Well, it's my experience that with communists, you can only negotiate in the position of strength. Now, I don't want to invade North Korea. I'm not a threat to North Korea. Mm -hmm. And yet, unless I am in a position where I have the strength to do that, North Korea will not come to the negotiations table and negotiate. So we need to make sure that we have that position, that position of strength, then we hammer out issue by issue and try to figure out what to do. And in itself, as you know, negotiations has meaning because it will not lead Mm -hmm. to hopefully war, which is the worst thing that can happen.
1: But what is the relevance of all this to the younger generation of South Koreans who might view the tensions as merely lingering effects of an ancient war? Do you see any possibility of the new generation of South Korean leaders forging a better relationship with North Korea?
0: Yes, so what you say is true. And yet, surprisingly, polls show that our younger generation is actually more aware of its security situation and the need for change. I term it security insensitivity, where a lot of South Koreans have become numb to the situation, as you initially stated. And this is very dangerous. We need to remember the nature of our threat. But uh, fortunately, the younger generation seems to be much more aware of this threat, and they're willing to make more uh, sacrifices to do this. So I think we're at a better place. It's the older generation, not the very senior generation, that has experienced the Korean War or are the immediate generation after the Korean War. But the generations of the so-called democratic process that seem to think that North Korea is is a counterpart that we can trust, which is, yeah, we can trust them, but we should always be able to verify.
1: Now, reflecting on the uh, the Korean armistice agreement 70 years on, and from your perspective as a retired South Korean lieutenant, what are your hopes of a reunification?
0: I know it's going to happen. The only thing that I don't know is when and how. I don't want war. And I know that in order not to have war, you have to be ready. That's why I have the greatest respect for the Singapore people, because despite the relative peace environment that you have, you are so aware of your security. And because of this, that your nation has centered its mind on security to fundamentally build a nation that's an example to all of us. And I just want to say that I have a great respect for your country.
1: Thank you very much for your perspectives. Uh, We've we'll been speaking with Chun Im Boom, former commander of ROK Special Forces and senior fellow at the Association of the United States Army. Thank you very much.
0: You have a great day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.